Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. And we are back team for another podcast it's been a patchy year mr hayden rolf i'm not gonna lie uh, i've had a few people be like when's your next podcast episode and we did promise that we get better i don't feel like we've totally i think we've got kept to our promise i think it hasn't been too bad could it be better yeah of course it could be better you know but if it was perfect then where would we go from there um i'm pretty sure you, i haven't i haven't actually asked you that so that's this can't this is a general question this time oh i am good i'm good i um we were also talking yesterday and saying about like feeling ill and stuff. So this is, I'm sure a lot of you listening now are like, yeah, I can 100% agree. It's like the time for catching stuff. I imagine if you've got kids as well, it's probably like an absolute nightmare. Um, but there is a lot of different things going around. And I think this is the issue with being in the gym, right? Is a lot of people obviously going in this, uh, literally, again, uh, uh, maybe it's more of a, I think this one specific person was the person that made me ill. But I remember being in the gym in the class with them and they were literally like sneezing, coughing, and we had to share the barbell. And I was like, oh, I bet I'm going to get ill. But I, consciously, I was like, wash my hands after it, like beforehand. But then it's just it's just tough. But yes, if you're listening to this and you go to the gym and you're ill, I'm going to say it. You're a douchebag. I'm going <laughs> to say it because ultimately I'm like, if you're ill and you go to the gym, you're sweating, you're coughing, you're going to be out of breath, you're heavily breathing, you're touching the equipment. I think that those people, and if you listen to this, you're one of them. You're a douchebag. If you're ill, stay at home. Like you shouldn't even go to the gym anyway. Like going to the gym dampens your immune system. You're going to make us, people like, yeah, I thought I'd come to the gym, sweat it out. I'm yeah. like, that shows how little you know about physiology and exercise. You can't sweat out a cold. You have to allow your immune system <laughs> and like white blood cells to get you better. By going to the gym, you dampen your immune system. So when anyone listens to this and say, oh, don't go to the gym, you're actually better off sitting on your ass and watching Netflix. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you yeah, tell, yeah, I'm in one of those moods today. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I basically like I just woke up and I just felt like I've been hit by a train. So I was like, "Oh, here we go." But I woke up this morning, I still had like a headache, so it's like sinusy. But I definitely don't feel as bad as I did. Um, so it's a long-winded answer. But I'm all right. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, well, as you know, well, Hayden knows. I was the same. Felt a little bit run down, and I was like, "Ah," oh. but I haven't been to the gym all week. Um, I've been quite stressed. I think mine was just like run down through like mental and emotional stress as well. But had the week off work, prioritized sleep. Um, I haven't, usually I get up with Penelope in the morning, but I haven't. So I've been sleeping in till like, I think this morning was like quarter to seven maybe. It sounds not that late, but if you when I've been going to bed like half eight when I'm just like I'm tapped out, it's a good nine hour sleep. So I think three days of that, I then feel absolutely fine now. Although, as I said to Hayden beforehand, I did go to the gym and I was extremely weak. So it kind of is like underlying that you're like, you're okay, but like, don't push it. So I just kind of move my body. But mate, there's so much going around, like so much, like either a cold or COVID is like the two things that seem to be rife. And I mean, you've already been ill, haven't you? With sinusitis and now it's yeah. swinging back round. So I'm sure there's many of you listening to this that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty ill as well, but... Fingers crossed you get better for Christmas. 
Yeah, I mean, well, because obviously, not last Christmas, but obviously for the last like two, three years prior to that, if you had COVID, you were testing and stuff. Like now, I mean, you can just walk past somewhere in the streets got COVID or, you know, you pick up something they picked up, use the same trolley as them. Like there's no, yeah. it's, it's no regulation to it anymore. So um, it's easy no, to No, 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 no. Yeah, and that's it as well. It's like, you, and, and even if you do have it, it's not even like, you don't have to do anything with it. Like, in theory, you can just carry on normal life. It's more of like a due care thing because you're like, well, you know, if someone old gets it, they might get wiped out a little bit worse. So it's more of a due care. But ultimately, how are you ever meant to know if you're not really testing? Like, I haven't got tests. I haven't, I didn't take a test. I don't even know if you can still buy the tests. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm yeah. so out of sync with it all now because it seems so far away. But anyway, so today's episode, team, Hayden's actually going to lead this one, is, is a little bit of an end of year round up round up round up um and kind of wrapping up some of the the best questions that we've had over the years when we've done our q a ones or questions that we've had on instagram to kind of do a one guy's 2023 mate it is mad it's 2023 end of 2023 and we're going into 2024 i still remember it was yesterday when I was getting ready to go traveling, and that was at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. It's crazy. <laughs> suddenly, it? here we are, four years later. COVID has totally just wiped out everything. Yeah, I actually got I got an uh, email yesterday from, you know, when you like sign up to something. So basically, I paid for a year subscription for something, got an email basically saying it's coming to an end in like five days' time. I had to, I was like, I had to go into my bank and double check that it was actually correct on what they were saying when I paid that. Because I was like, no way was that a year ago. It was a year ago. It was cr- it's crazy. It's yeah, getting it's mad, faster and faster. But I swear, I swear when you get, and anyone listening, like, uh, as soon as I hit 30, this is just, it's just flown. Like, I hit 30, mm. well, I was 30 in 2020. Um, great year to have a birthday. Um, just pumping did absolutely nothing for my thirtieth. It was yeah, and it seems like your thirties. It just it just goes and like like I kid you not, mate. And I have this this thing called four K weeks. This is pretty good. Shout out to those guys. Actually, it's pretty cool. You kind of mark off the weeks as they go. Um, every time. And when I look at it, and I'm like, I remember getting this. You see how many I've cut. Like some of them are pre-colored into like where we are now, and then I've colored in the rest. And I kid you not, every time I do it, I'm like, mate, these weeks, like I'm filling out the boxes and I'm like, these are flying. Like, and there's so many stuff, you know, even myself that like, I'll say, oh, I need to do this or, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And then you look back and you're like, shit, man, I said I was going to do that like fuck, six weeks ago and I still haven't done it. And it's like, you don't like, you kind of realize, I think, by past, for, past your 30s, you don't have time to sweat. Like, you don't have spare time. Like, you don't have time to spare. If you want to do something you need to do, do it now. Like, don't wait on it. Don't sit on it. Like, you know, it comes to weight loss. There's no perfect time to do anything. Just do it because the time's going to pass. And the more time that you spend wasting, wanting, and wishing is just longer until you're actually going to get whatever it is or do whatever it is that you wanted to do in the bloody first place. Yeah, no, 100%. I actually got sent anyway. something yesterday, which is, I wanted to lead the call with this because I. Is there anything exciting? Uh, it's, it's basically just like reviewing your year. Um, and it's seven questions that were, were sent to me. And when I usually get stuff like this, I'm like, oh, this is a bit of shit, really. But I actually did it last night. And I was like, oh, my God. But there were so many things that I started to write down that I was like, I'm 100% not going to do this next year. But 
I probably would have done it next year without the awareness of actually just doing this task. So I'm going to read out the questions for everyone and make sure you've got a pen and paper, like write it down or obviously just like pause me, get a pen and paper. Um, because Ryan, I 100% do it, man. Like, I'll send you over the questions after this. Like, it's really yeah, good. I was, gonna, I was literally, I was like, I've got a pair for anyone watching on YouTube. I was literally about to wave my pen, like got my pen, got my paper, but no, 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 you send it to me and then we'll go from there. So the first question was, what did I change my mind on this year? So what is the thing that you changed your mind on this year? And I know, Ryan, obviously, as you're going through, like you're going to be like, start thinking like, oh, these things. But that's the first question. Again, obviously, you're just going to have to keep pausing me and then writing it down. Number two was, what created energy for me this year? So essentially, like, what's the things that made you feel really, really good that got like, you know, uh, dopamine hits, what created energy for you? So if you, we all know certain things that we've done in our life that light up energy, right? Like things that aren't, that, that make you feel good. Number three is what drained your energy this year? So what are the things that drained your energy? Because essentially with this task, like what you're going to be doing is evaluating these questions and you want to be doing less of the stuff that's really not supporting you. And you want to be doing more of the things that are supporting you. Now, obviously, like maybe... <laughs> Uh, you might be, well, one of the things that drained me was actually my child this year. But obviously, you can't really change that. That's not... <laughs> you can't do anything about that. Yeah, you can't really change that. But think about the tasks that did drain you. Um, and again, for like a weight loss perspective, like this could literally be you constantly thinking about starting a diet, just like Ryan said. Well, let's make sure next year you don't go in constantly thinking about dieting. Take action. No really good program that you can sign up to. Um, then number four was... Who were the boat anchors in your life this year? So who were the people, um, you know, that was really, really important to you? Give them gratitude. Because you probably want to be spending more time with them and less with the people that didn't. Um, what, oh, this is a good one. What did I not do because of fear? So what did I not do because of fear? I find, do you know what? Fear, I find really, really interesting, right? Because the only the only way that we have fear is because of the the unknown expectation of what could potentially happen. It's impossible to fear the past. You cannot fear the past. That is literally impossible because you know it's happened. But we fear something, and these are stories that we tell ourselves, right? We can fear are... the past in regards to fearing a repeat it repeating itself. But again, it's not fearing the past; it's still fearing the future. Yeah. Um, but fear is pretty much like it's just fabricated assumptions right of what you think is going to happen that's what like a fear is but if you knew what was going to happen then you wouldn't obviously have like the fear aware um so what did you what did you not do because of fear uh number six is what were the greatest hits and the worst misses what were the greatest hits this year and the worst misses so what was the greatest things that you've done what were some awesome achievements what were the worst things you did like what did you really miss out on and then finally, really open but profound question is, what did I learn this year? What were your key lessons that you learned this year? So the whole idea, obviously, for like myself, I completely applied this into like the online nutritional education. And I did this for like a bit of like personal stuff as well. Um, so obviously, we want to be, you could do this in anything. You could do it in your job your work life, you could do it in your personal life, you could do it in your um, nutrition, specifically your health and fitness, which obviously we're going towards here. But 
again, just because I'm giving you these questions doesn't mean you just need to do it for nutrition and fitness. But the idea is like with these questions, you want to start like really, really reflecting on them and you're creating a blueprint for yourself of what to do more of next year and what to do less of next year. And think about this, even just over the course of three years of you doing this, imagine how much further you're going to be from today to in three years time if you actually do this and implement it properly. Because remember, information without implementation is literally pointless, like literally no point. Yeah. But I... um. Yeah, it was one of those powerful questions. They get you thinking. They really do. It was like one of those things that I've seen stuff like this before and haven't really like done it. I've just been like, yeah, whatever. But I was like, do you know what? I've been sent this by someone for a reason. Like, I actually want to do it. So I did it. Super powerful. Super, super powerful. Um, Cool. So, what (laughs) I wanted to do is for today's call, we have not. So, you're going to be hearing another episode from us probably. So, set your expectations for the 11th of January. But. I thought it was a good time to like round up some uh, some questions, the best kind of questions that we've had this year, like real talking points, things that we've seen like struggles the most, and kind of just excuse the language, shoot the shit a little bit, um, and just kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. So my first question is actually for Ryan. So oh, here we go. I know this year Ryan got a question that. Um, that can can really uh, this can go down like many many different ways. Ryan has no idea what I'm going to ask him, by the way, so he's literally like blind to this. But one of the questions that uh, I saw was probably the most spoken thing about in his social media is, "What would you know about weight loss for women? You don't have a uterus." So, <laughs> what is your response to this? Because it wasn't just one person, was it? And there was a lot of love given on this post as well, by the way. Like, a lot of love. Um, one woman put a lovely comment and you pinned it, didn't you? And you, it got like, I don't know, like 10,000 likes or something. Um, yeah. But then Maybe there was she also... she got messages, bless her. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, even she got messages from people being like, why are you sticking up for him? What do you think he knows? Rah, rah, rah. It... it, it... <sighs> So, it frustrates me in regards to, if I'm being 100% honest, you've asked me in the worst mood possible. <laughs> if <laughs> the I'm best being... time. <laughs> you know what it does? It annoys me because it is narrow-mindedness. And that's what frustrates me, is I'm like, I would never, if someone was talking to some, me about like, me, like, even if it was like, I don't know, men's mental health or men's physiology or, you know, there was a woman that was doing like prostate cancer things at the local supermarket. Like, it was like a, one of those like, stalls for the prostate cancer charity etc at no point do i look and be like she's a woman what does she know about prostate cancer because i'm like she's obviously smart she obviously is educated in that she obviously knows what she's talking about she's obviously a nurse at no point did i think that her gender governed her knowledge and her ability to understand something from a physiological thing at no point do i ever empathize from a first person experience at no point do i do that Whenever I'm talking about it, I talk about it from a scientific, physiological perspective. I talk about it from a psychological perspective, from what I've learned, read, but also what I've learned and understood from women over the past like eight years that I've worked with over like a thousand women, that's like 1,100 women, right? It's like at no point have I ever been like this, 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 and this from my experience. Every experience I talk about is talking about with women. And it, it, it annoys me because of one, because I'm like, it's narrow mindedness, right? Like there's plenty of male gynecologists out there. You can understand physiology and you can empathize 
from you can be empathetic even like you know someone has something going on right recently i posted about uh my mum with dementia right and and people could empathize and be like i don't know what you're going through but i can imagine it's tough my thoughts are with you right so they've no, at no point that i was like well you haven't had anyone to dementia in your family so what do you know you can still <laughs> empathize if you haven't gone gone by it right you can still empathize from a point of view of like even if you don't understand right like they will never understand to the depth. No, like I will never understand how bad your cramps are, how bad your mood changes, how bad your sleep can be. I can understand from a physiological standpoint and psychological standpoint. I can empathize from hearing from many, many, many clients, but can I ever truly empathize down to that degree? No, of course I can't. But is that something that I should be dug out for? Well, no, because ultimately if I can help some women understand what they're going through, better their weight loss journey, better their health, live longer to see their kids, because I understand the physiology, then ultimately I'm like, well, what am I doing wrong? Should we ultimately be like, okay, cool, well, there can no be no male gynecologist, no men are allowed to work with women, in weight loss space. No men are allowed to be psychologists. You're only allowed to have male clients as a psychologist. You're not allowed to have women males as psychologists. Not, you're not allowed to coach, you know, it, well, you know, you're not allowed to, I don't know, you're not, there's so many different things you go down and I'm just like, yeah, it frustrates me because I'm like, it's narrow-mindedness, but also it's quite small-mindedness in regards to like, I'm just trying to do something good. I'm not being sexist. I'm not picking on agenda. I'm, there's no negative that comes out of me doing this. There's only positiveness. And those that actually say it are often the ones I think sometimes that just have this personal bias in regards to like their own identity of where they're at. Like, well, what do you know? You don't have a uterus. Well, hold on. I can read about science and understand it. I've never said I empathize, right? Like any gender, any person on earth can understand the physiology and science behind any mechanisms, no matter what gender. It doesn't really matter what your gender is and what you identify as because purely you can still understand science and knowledge. And if you're doing that in the scape to help people and you're getting crap for it, then sometimes I honestly look at it and I'm like, this is the state of the world is that you literally can't even do good without getting, excuse my friend, shit from people who just give you abuse and be like, what do you know? And I'm like, well, how about you ask the thousands of women we work with and some women, we've had about seven or eight pregnancies. Okay, cool. So what I sh so imagine if we hadn't helped them lose weight and they hadn't managed to manage symptoms of like PCOS, hadn't lost weight so they were then more fertile and hadn't then had kids. Oh, so because I'm a guy, I should imagine if we hadn't have done that. Imagine if they hadn't have found that right answer. That was eight babies that were. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, when you take it down to that quite like deep level, I'm like, if actually you ask about it, and a lot of people, to be fair, hadn't read my bio. They just thought, what the hell do you know? But those that had taken a little viral. bit, yeah, yeah. Some people look and they're like, I was going to get like annoyed, but because I saw what you do. But also, I, I sometimes think like, like if I see a reel of a girl dressed up as a guy taking the mickey out of guys, I think it's hilarious. Like I see so many skits, because I play a bit of golf now, right? So I see so many skits of like wives dressing up as blokes and be like, you're still a little bit going to do 18, yeah? And they're like, grab that and like chunk it, like taking the piss out of blokes. And I'm like, it is hilarious. But if you see a guy do it about a girl, for some reason it's not, it's not like, there's so many people that don't find it funny that see it, see it so much more for what it is. You're like, it's comedy. 
Like, mm. it wasn't me being that, like, how women struggle. With, it wasn't me, even if I didn't do what I do, it wasn't me taking, it was me trying to provide some humor to the world. And you know what? In the state of the world that it is, with all of the things that are going on over the world, I think we often need to take things a little bit more lightheartedly. And even if I didn't do my job, a joke about the about periods isn't hurting anyone. It's not damaging anyone. It's not making anyone feel less of a woman. It was just lighthearted. And I see so many things that take the mickey and... I see so many skits about like, I've gone on a bit of a tangent here, I'll shut up in a second. Um, I see so many skits of like anxiety. Like people like when you go out, you're so, like your anxiety hits and you have all these thoughts and people make joke of it. And I'm like, well, whether they have anxiety or not, I still found it funny because at the end of the day, if you take life too seriously and if I was like, oh, that's out of order, he doesn't struggle with his mental health, how dare he take the mick out of it? I'm like, are you joking? Like, I saw it for what it was. I saw it for some humor. I saw it for a laugh. I saw it for a joke of having anxiety. At the end of the day, we have to make light heart of some things because otherwise the world is such a serious place. It's like if we don't manage to have a smile once in a while, then bloody hell, like what have you got, looked, what have you got to look forward to? Jeez. That yeah, was my TED talk on that. It's kind of like a, it's just, it's the classic like judging a book by its cover art, isn't it? It's like straight away from surface level, they see a guy talking about cycle. They're like, how could this be possible? But one thing that was actually really, really sad, and don't want to get Ryan kickstarted again on it, but was that actually like, there was one woman in particular that I remember you showing me and she had children. So in her bio, her picture, like she had a daughter, she had children. It's like, are you... Is, are you going to be growing, teaching your daughter to react and grow up like this? Like that's the saddest she thing. Called me, yeah, the the thing that triggers me is the abuse. I can take it being like you don't have a uterus. Like I laugh and I'm like, people get so triggered, man. Like it was just a joke. Like it's just meant to be fun. Like ninety percent of the people did, but there's ten percent. You know, there's probably a million that saw that that were triggered and that were riled up. But she called me a loser. Yeah, and that's what I have a problem with. I'm like, when you physically attack someone online, that's not okay. Say, what do you know you don't have a uterus, right? Get annoyed about that. But then to call someone a loser and think that's, you give anyone grief online, that's not okay. And I called her out because I scrolled through and she was the only person that said that. You know, some people say, what you know, you don't have a uterus. Uh, how would you understand? You don't understand. And it's just like, what does this guy know, you loser, or um, uh, this isn't funny, you loser. Something about being a loser. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to... You know, maybe I was in the wrong for that. Maybe I reacted emotionally, probably did. But I was just like, I'm going to make a point here of being like, you're a woman who's got a lovely photo with you and your daughter or child, whatever it was, might be a boy. But I'm like, you think it's appropriate to go on someone else's profile and call them a loser. She then said that I was a narcissist, that I was a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, preying on women and my, went, started <laughs> oh my going to town talking about my character and all sorts. And I literally was like, if you think this is okay that you call someone a loser and then I called you up and I hold you accountable for your actions, you then think calling me a narcissist, saying that I'm a, I'm a, a nasty person prying on women you would again like attack my character. I'm like, if you think that's okay and that's something that you'd be happy with your own kid doing, then you seriously need to like have a little word with yourself because if anyone is this, it's not like you can see things and you can disagree and you can have an opinion, yes, but to attack someone and call someone names, it's just not okay, right? The, the, the end of story. There's no argument that you can have that. Calling someone personal names is not okay on any level and then being called for it and then continuing to do it and then saying that I was out of order because I was attacking her for being... A... No, I'm a parent as well. I, like, if I didn't have kids, maybe I'd have taken it. I have a kid. I will never act in a way that I want my kids. I will never abuse people online, call people losers or anything. Do as you would want your kid. Like, you wouldn't teach your kid to do that. And if you found out that your kid had been calling other kids online losers or abusing them, 
you discipline them and you'd be frustrated, right? Because you know it's not appropriate behavior. So why is it appropriate behavior for you to do? That's what yeah. I'm going to sound Have you, so for anyone listening to this, you might have seen this on, um, you might have seen this on Instagram, but there's a dude that he's basically, his pages, he's like this big tattooed guy, like bodybuilder style. But what he does is he calls people out online that have been doing it like keyboard warriors. So they've been giving like, it all, it obviously started originally by him getting loads and loads of hate for like things that he's like done. Yeah. And then he's like literally gone to their workplace, like gone, like it's all videoed and stuff. And he calls them out and he's like, do you think this is acceptable? And like, you can see their face like bright red, like sweating, like just yeah. these keyboard warriors that do it. But he now does it where people will email in and basically like they'll send screenshots and he obviously makes sure it's like verified. They're not like screwing him over or anything like that. But like people that have got like legitimate hate and thingy, like he does it to it's, it's, it is good to see. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's the, sad. The, yeah. The, the, the problem with the, the problem with the world today is that we, this is a total non-normal podcast, but I'm like, I'm loving it. The problem with the world today is that people aren't held responsible for their actions. And it yeah. drives me insane. Drives me insane. You know, it happens all over people. You are able to do things and get away with it. And this becomes an issue because it's like you ask people, right? If you were to rob a bank and you would get away with it, would you do it? Or if you were to pickpocket someone's wallet and it had a million pounds in it and you would get away with it and no one would ever know, would you do it? You'd be surprised at how many people would say yes, that they do a lot of things if they knew that they could get get away with it like that. And that's why people do this online is that they ultimately do it because they know they can get away with it. They know that they can abuse people, give people crap. But ultimately, what you've got to think about is why. Why do people do it? Like, yes, they're annoyed. But ultimately, the, many of the women on that post, it wasn't like, oh, you're used to shut up. And I'm like, well, you know what? I guarantee that most of them, if they were happy and content in life and everything was going okay with them, in regards to like their physical health, their mental health, would they have done it? No. I guarantee mm. if you pulled out all of the hate comments, I guarantee something in their life triggered them to be in that mood, have that response and think that that was appropriate. And that's what I think is always worth noting is that like, I did it because of that. And part of me after was a bit like, oh, you know, she probably did it because she has a lot going on. Like if she thinks it's appropriate to call someone a loser, I guarantee it was emotionally fueled and there's probably something going on in her life. You know, she's stressed, maybe her child's not 100%. giving her sleep. Yes. But I still don't think it's also an excuse, right? No. Like there's, 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 yeah, there's, you know, like uh, 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 just random, random example. My brother, my brother's disabled, right? And he was being, he's been giving my mum a bit of, bit of, bit of grief recently. He's getting a little bit frustrated and he does sometimes get frustrated. You know, he's in a wheelchair all the time. You understand? And my mum's was like, oh, you know, but he's disabled. It's part. And I'm like, no, I'm like, his disability is his physical disability. His meant, there's no mental side to his disability. And I'm like, just cause he's disabled, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse his behavior. And I think it's so easy as a society to excuse people's behavior but I'm like, mm. you, you still know that it's, you still know that the behavior that you're doing is wrong. And I think sometimes we, sh we're just not held that accountable anymore. Right. Yes. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, it is crazy. I, um, taking it, taking it back to like judging a book by its cover as well. I was just thinking then it's like, there's someone in particular that I know, probably one of the most knowledgeable people that I know that I've also learned from in like the health and fitness space. You look at him on the street, pretty overweight guy. Um, but I could guarantee that 
he could change your life in many ways, shapes or form with your physical health, like your nutrition, stuff like that. He's very, very, very intelligent with like how certain foods make you feel, like the chemical um, breakdown of all of it, like very, very, very knowledgeable. But that's like you just said, like you've got a serious condition that you need sorting that he can literally save your life for. And you're like, oh, you're a bit overweight. Like, what do you know? And it's like, fuck, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there's, there's, and this is it, especially in what we do. I think there's this stigma, right? That like, I don't walk around with a six pack 24 seven. I have a six pack probably once every two years when I actually diet for summer. Does that mean that I'm not very good at my job because I don't have a six pack and look like all the other people online? Some people would say yes. Some people would literally be like, well, Ryan, if you don't have a six pack, then what do you know? And it's like, well, you don't need to have a six pack. You don't need to. You know, but but then again, you've seen it, right? There's this recent woman who is in Parliament, right? She's been in Parliament a few years now. She's covered in tattoos is and she Australian? dresses in quite. Yeah, maybe I saw I saw it on a video the other day, yeah. and she was like, over the past year, how I've changed the stigma of of what make of of why the way you look doesn't make you doesn't make a difference in how good at your job you are. And she's quite like a like a rocker chick, basically. And she wears kind of, you know, like these Metallica stonewash shirts and stuff like that, T-shirts and stuff. And I loved it. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't stop her cape. Like, she could be the smartest thing in the world. Mm. And just because of the way she dresses, that she has tattoos, it means nothing for her ability to do a job. But unfortunately, you still see that, right? Like, I've got tattoos on my hands now. So if this goes Pete Tong, there be there is legitimately some jobs and some industries I could never work in now. Purely because I have tattoos and purely because they believe that I wouldn't be as as good at a job as someone who doesn't have tattoos. Unfortunately, it's, it's the, way, the way it is. It's changing a bit, but it's a very slow change, I think, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Like, even, um, <laughs> even for my mum, like, she, her... So she had been grown up, been taught like, and this is like what it used to be like, by the way. It was like people that had tattoos were like thugs. There were people that went to like prison. They went to stuff like that. So obviously when I told mum I've got a tattoo, like I didn't actually tell her I was having it. I was just like, hey mum, I've got a tattoo now. She was, her first instinct was like, <laughs> oh, you're a thug. Like you're <laughs> she one of those. But obviously yeah. it's like Mate. it's changing. Yeah, my mum was the same. I remember my mum was like, oh no, but they're like, even though my mum has some, my mum has tattoos. So I was like, well, this is ironic. Like, you have them, but I'm not. I Mate, I remember I got, a, I got a tattoo on my side. I remember she wanted to take a picture of my side, like clean and fresh, before I'd like damaged my body. Like, that was literally her belief. It was like, come leave me doing it. Like, I, can I take a picture of your side or it's just clean, just without it? And I was like, no, mum, you weirdo. Like, stop. And now she always asks about them and she thinks, you know, something's like, oh, I don't know why you got that. And then she's like, oh, I do quite like that. That's nice. But, yeah. you know, most of hers are like animals and stuff. So I'm like, well, it is funny. But it, it, you're right. It's a culture thing, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, moving um, on. So one of the hot topics that has circulated quite a lot this year, and especially being big in America, is the, the funny thing is, I can't remember what the actual drug is called, um, but it's been around for a, a few years. It's just got really popular this year. It's like... Uh, Azempic. that's it. The drug. And like all of these drug releases, right... So I thought this would be quite a good topic to talk about because I actually spoke to someone the other day as well that they were basically, they were talking to us originally because they were interested in seeing about our like our program and stuff, but they'd already told me on the call that they were waiting for their doctor to basically give them the accessibility of this drug. And I thought it would be a good thing to talk about because what I was saying to her was I was like, there is some drugs, by the way, that are getting released that are really helping 
with the weight loss process. And for some people, I actually agree with these drugs. And I'll, I'll give you my intake on this for certain scenarios. For the vast majority, no, it doesn't. But there's some drugs that actually genuinely help suppress your appetite. You obviously aren't as hungry. You don't want to eat as much. By the way, that's what fat burners basically are. They're just high caffeine appetite suppressants. But for like some of these drugs, they're like actual like chemical base that like helps you um, actually... They're like hormone it, mirroring, aren't they? Yeah, like upregulate CCK, like all of that type of thing. So yeah, G, G, that's what I was trying to remember what the word was. GLP, GLP one. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Go on. I was going to say you can go on to all sorts of this. So here's my take, and you just give your take after. Like here's my good, good and bad take. Like throwing it. So here's where I think this might. I be love good. these topic discussions. <laughs> here's where I think this may be a good idea for people that are. So take a little sidestep story back, right? where my, this is years and years ago, basically, when I needed an operation, and in order for her to have the operation, they were like, you need to lose X amount of weight, which would have been essentially, potentially like a life-saving operation. However, in my nan, she was like, I'm 70 odd years old, like, I think, probably even like 80 something, I don't know how old she was, but she was like, basically, I've gone this far in my life, I don't want to have to starve myself and do all this, loves her food, loves her lifestyle and didn't want to take it. However, that drug potentially may have like enabled her to live like a few more years, probably avoid that health complication. She was clearly overweight. But for someone like that to then take a drug and be able to suppress her appetite and still be able to like eat, but to not to the levels that she was eating and lose weight because she's not very active at all, like very, very inactive, bad knees, bad ankles, like that type of thing. It would have been a good idea for her rather than being like, no, you shouldn't take the drug. You need to change your habits and lifestyles and stuff. It's like, no, there's a purpose to this, right? She needs this operation. Bam. That's where I think these things have place. However, they are not long-term fixes because they don't get down to the root cause of why you were gaining weight in the first place. Like they don't tap into your habits and behaviors, your lifestyle. Yes, you can take these drugs and they can suppress your appetite. Your habits stay the same. So when you are no longer on these drugs and um, it's essentially like worn off, well, you no longer, you still have the habits, behaviors that you had beforehand that made you overeat. Just the difference is this drug was helping you not eat as much, not change your having behaviors, just not eat as much because you weren't as hungry. So this is where my issue lies in it. It's because everyone's still looking. Everyone wanted the results yesterday. Of course they did. So everyone still wants these quick fixes, but they are not. And this is where we really, really, and this isn't a like a shameless plug, but this is where like I see ourselves really priding ourselves and being different from other coaches and stuff like that because everything that we do is tapping into the root cause of why you have gained in the weight in the first place. Is it habits and behaviors that you've learned from like literally a child? Is it certain things that have happened in your life? But until we tap into those things, like long-term change doesn't happen because you're always going to keep regressing backwards. So this is where like for us, well, for me in particular, I'm like, there's a purpose for these drugs, but making them wide, like widely wide use for the, the world to be able to just get hold of isn't solving a long-term issue. It's solving a temporary problem. And yes, there may, and there's some arguments, and I've, I've heard people say before, there's some arguments like, well, they can lose the weight through it and then build the habits and behaviors. And yes, potentially, maybe, but there's going to be a huge percentage of people that don't do that right because they wanted that quick fix. There has to be education and regulation with these drugs. That's my 
two pence on it. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, for some people who've struggled, it's some people who've got, I know a lot of, I was talking to literally my client, Christine, the other day we were talking about this because she's done some medical weight loss, things like that. And she was like, yeah, I worked at first and stopped working. And I was like, this is the thing. I was like, for people that need it for operations, which are life-threatening, for people whose health is in a very, very bad place, they're chronically obese and they need to make a change. Otherwise, they're not going to live much longer. People that have suddenly got type 2 diabetes through excess body fat, etc. Those situations when it's like, actually, it's kind of like almost like a life or death or a very much life-changing thing if they do lose the weight and they need something now, yes, that's a place for it, right? Because ultimately, it's going to reduce their hunger, which is all it does, right? It's just a hormone that helps increase um, satiety, basically just reduces hunger, that GLP-1, reduces your hunger, right? So you're less hungry, you get full up quicker, therefore you eat less, burn body fat, right? Simple. The thing as to what Hayden says is there's no long-term solution. Yes, you can continue to take this for the rest of time, but ultimately, again, how do you know how much of this drug? Again, you can't manipulate the amount of the drug you take to ensure that you're consistently in a calorie deficit. There will be a point when you will still eat around your maintenance. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that, that thing can reduce your, reduce your hunger so you eat 1600 calories, but there's going to be a point where 1600 calories might not be low enough for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? There's so many different things as to like with, when, how. If you need it because you are, it is health implication, need an operation, type 2 diabetes, that sort of thing, 100%. But again, yes, it needs to be accustomed with a lifestyle change as well because you need to understand that. The thing also that that only issue with those things is that if you do just take it for a quick fix, the problem is it doesn't underdo the underlying cause. Like my client said, she was like, it worked for a bit and then it stopped working. And I was like, exactly. I was like, because you can overcome, because you don't only eat when you are physiologically hungry or full up, right? You don't only eat when you're physiologically hungry. You can smell food and get hungry, right? That Azempic's not going to fight that, that, that suddenly psychological hunger that you're experiencing because you see some crisps, you see some chocolate, you smell a, 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 ice cream in an ice cream shop, right? That's what it doesn't help do. So ultimately, your hunger isn't just physiological evolutionary hunger because you need food to survive anymore, right? We eat because we're stressed. We eat because we're emotional. We eat because we're hungover. We eat because we just want the taste. We're celebrating. We eat when we're not hungry so many times. So, so yes, this can help. I think personally, yes, for big term issues, health implications, yes. But the problem is, is that as a society, we don't only eat when we're hungry. So yes, this can lower your hunger. But how many times have you not been really hungry, but you've still had dessert? How many times have you not been really hungry for breakfast, but you know you're not going to be able to eat till one o'clock? So you're like, well, I'll just eat for the sake of eating it because I know that I'm not, I'm probably am going to be hungry by 10, 11. There's so many reasons as to why we eat and so many implications that hunger can have on us in regards to not only physiological hunger but psychological hunger hedonic hunger right there's so many different reasons as to why we eat which is where the flaw in this becomes that yes it can help reduce type 2 diabetes reduce you know probably in, in line with that like issues obviously with health implications health markers that you see but what you've got to remember is yeah it doesn't impact the, the long term and it's very easy to undo the short term things that it does you know what i mean like it reduces your hunger but how much does it reduce your hunger for some people it might reduce you from eating 3000 calories to 2600 calories through the drug but as you lose weight 2600 calories isn't going to give you the same weight loss that it was when you were a stone lighter that's why it stops working and then you get in a pickle because you're like well i'm taking the drug but i'm now losing weight you get frustrated you get annoyed you give up so yes i think they have a purpose but i don't think for the general population who just want to lose a bit of weight I don't think it's not an it's not an appropriate long term solution, and even for those that do need it for health, surgery, type two diabetes, medical problems, 
again, it's addressing the problem, not the cause, right? It's getting you to lose a bit of weight, so your health markers improve slightly, but it also needs to be adjacent with some long-term lifestyle and habitual changes to actually keep the weight off. What you don't want to do is lose the weight, have the operation, and you pile it all back on again because you're going to be back to square one, and, and, and if not worse. Yeah. It's like a, um, it's a good segue into like my, I know we've already been going for about 40 minutes now or so, um, but but I think as, as a final point and a topic of conversation that I think would be good is still, and this is going to be, this is going to be the same next year, it's going to be the same year after that, it's going to be the same year after that, like it, it's not going to change, but if people can make this shift in all walks of life, not literally just weight loss, you are going to find so much more success. So when it comes down to losing weight, right, we, like I said about 10, 20 minutes ago, like we all wanted it yesterday and we all want to do things that are going to give us that quick win, that quick fix. And we're typically looking in inconsistent actions, weight loss, building a business, whatever it is, like all of the things that you think you typically do, they are not long-term um, consistent things that you know you can maintain. So... I want everyone to have a little bit of a spin, especially moving into like 2024. And I think this will be something, if you can get this right and you can actually implement this, you're going to see so much more success. Ask yourself the question when you're starting, starting any kind of dieting phase, what are the things that I can do every single day that suit me, my life, my personal preferences that are going to consistently, the key word here, consistency trumps everything. You are so much better being consistent in something that's going to give you slow, slow, snail-paced progress than something that is very, very up and down. Like you, that person that does the snail-paced progress will always win by the end of the year. Maybe not in the first 30 to 60 days, but I promise you, if you ask that person that's doing an extreme deficit to the person that's in like a 5% deficit, who would have lost more weight over the course of the year, I categorically, I can promise you, it will be the person that did the snail, make, uh, snail pace um, uh, attempt. And, pre- and purely because not everything is out of their life, right? It's so easy for them to maintain and control. So one thing that I know I definitely saw this year, and like, so between like both of us, we have multiple calls every single week, like every single week. Some weeks we have like 10 to 15 calls. Some weeks we have like, three to five calls. Point being, over the course of a year, we speak to a lot of people, like an awful lot of people. And I can probably say, coming into the call, speaking to them, what they want, 90 to 95% of these people, is a quick fix. They want me to hand them a drug and basically be like, in 60 day time, you will be here. That's not what our program is about. That's not what we do. So we obviously, we're slightly... um, unique, I guess, in our approach and how we do it. But we are looking to help you with that long-term approach. But we are looking to implement that with your life. And you you should be looking to do that as well. Like You should be wanting to have this slower, more consistent pace, keyword again, consistent pace, because you will always be so much more successful at the end of the year. Now, think about your typical dieting habits that you have done, which is coming up in the next like three weeks, right? Or even less than that, like maybe, I don't know, 10 days, I don't, well, even days today. Anyway, two weeks, let's just say that. Two to three weeks. <laughs> you typically start January and you will do a life overhaul. You will do so many things that you can maybe maintain for five, 10, 15 days, but never usually you can maintain over a long period of time. 
I want today to be the defining moment where you're like, I'm not going to do that this time. I've done that for the last five, 10 years of my life, but I'm not going to do it this time. What I'm actually going to do is find a process that I can maintain for the rest of my life. And when you say that, it sounds quite scary, like for the rest of my life. So let's just make it shorter, right? If you do not think you can maintain the thing that you decide to do for a whole year, do not do it. Do not do it because you will not be consistent and you will not see progress with it. I promise you, if you do something that you can see yourself doing for a whole entire year and it's very frictionless for you, you will be successful. And that's called the Fat Loss Accelerator. (laughs) 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 But seriously, seriously, yeah. For those of you listening to this, yeah, if you are looking for something like, you know, you listen to a podcast, you've got this far, so you obviously are keen to hear about what we have to say. If you want something that's going to give you a clear path to relatively fast fat loss, give you a kickstart in January, gives you nutrition plan, exercise plan, recipes, weekly check-ins, and live calls with myself and Hayden for a very, very affordable investment, I have to say less than £100 for six weeks, then uh, DM myself or Hayden, FLA, Fatless Accelerator, FLA, um, and we'll give you the juicy details because there are only going to be 50 spaces as well, actually. I forgot to mention this before we move on. There are only 50 spaces. Reason being is that me and Harry are very close to capacity with our one-to-one, so we can't actually take on too many people um, right now. We're going to be looking for a new coach, which is exciting. So we've had to cap the accelerator at 50 spaces. Last time, there was over 600 women on the priority list alone. Priority list gets access 24 hours before the general public. So if there's any spaces left, we open them up to the general public. If not, then unfortunately the priority list get first dibs, get first access, and then we close the doors and the general public don't even get an offer. So DMS FLA, we can give you all the juicy details. You can get on the priority list and you'll hear exactly what it is that our FLA Fatless Accelerator is going to be in January. And if you are stuck, confused on what to eat, you've tried multiple diets, nothing works, your health is deteriorating and in regards to body parts hurting, you're out of breath going upstairs, whatever it might be that is causing you this concern, I promise you now the FLA and then many of the clients have come from the FLA into one-to-one have said, and you can see this on our social media, it is the best start to January that they had done. So if you're interested, drop us the word FLA. You can get on that priority list and you'll get all the juicy details um, with regards to how it works, what's going to be given to you, the details, the cost of everything as well. Um, and then we'll see you in January to kick butt and not just be enough. How many times you start January? How many times I always start things? So I'm going to start in January and never, never end up doing it because I never have a set plan. I never have a set process. I'm like, yes, I'm going to drink less this year. Okay, well, how? I never set myself like, right, I'm going to have one social event a month or once every six weeks. You just say you're going to drink less or say you're going to walk more or say you're going to eat less takeaways. They're not tangible things. You need to set plan and routine and this is exactly what we give you inside the FLA. So there you go, pitch over. Yeah, no, love that. I think it's a great way to, ra- to round up. But whether you decide <laughs> to be on the FLA or not, like all jokes aside, honestly, find that thing that is that consistent sound pace. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. Um, but I promise you, when you're listening to next year's episode, you will be like, Thank you, Hayden Rice, so much for that little piece of advice you gave me. I found something, and here I am, X amount of pounds down, loving life. Boom, boom. Yeah, 100%. And this is the exciting thing. Like, one of my clients, literally, we are just settling our way. She started the FLA back in May. Six months later, she's literally like 25 pounds down. We're just, we're currently in a maintenance phase. So she's now looking at working on that. 
and she's her, her life has changed she's you know and this is how easy it is when you get a path is that we can literally do it's not like you're going to do a little bit lose a bit of weight and then off you go we're going to show we show you exactly what to do to actually maintain this as well and that's the most important part we don't want this to be another thing that you do that then doesn't last yeah. anyway less about that for those of you that are listening and you have listened for the year thank you ever yeah. so much um, for joining myself and Hayden. We are super duper appreciative of all of the support, all of the listens, all of the downloads. It's been wicked. And I prom- I'm going to make a promise here of one of my New Year's resolutions is to be consistent. I'm going to say this here, Hayden. I'm making a promise that we're going to deliver 50 podcast episodes next year. Gives us two weeks. Gives us a two-week break for Christmas. Every week next year, we deliver. And if we miss a week... We have to do two the next to make up for it. That's my promise. You can keep me to well, There you go. That was Ryan's word, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> and look, as per usual, have an awesome Christmas. Happy New Year and everything. And no doubt we will see you guys in the new year for the first episode back. And we're also going to keep getting some awesome podcast guests as well. Because I know that's fun and enjoyable for everyone too. Any final closing words for the year? No, honestly, have an amazing Christmas. Have a great... Um, New Year's Eve if you do anything and I look forward to seeing you next year awesome happy new year team and we'll see you in January ciao ciao